Magazine to three. Sexton works on Irving, trying to get loose. He'll fire. He knocks it down. Osmond steps into a long-distance jumper. Allen to the bucket. He crushes it home. Off the Garland for three. He knocks it down. Drummond toward Valanciunas. Finds a cutter in a Coro, and a Coro thunders it home. By Kyrie. Sexton got it back. Nance for the tie. He knocks it down. Long hands it off the Sexton feed. Cavaliers by seven. And uh, Cleveland! This is for you! Hey, Chris Manning here from Lockdown Cavs. Coming up on today's show, Evan's back. Thank goodness, missed him. And we're going to talk about Cavs, Hawks. The losing streak is over for Cleveland folks. Lamar Stevens' game-winning dunk seals the deal for the wine and gold. That's all coming up today on Lockdown Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Today's episode is also brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win, or do you win because you're happy? At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. Evan, welcome back. Thank you. Are you are you happy because OU won, or did OU win because you're happy, Chris? A little bit of both. Um, I'm just going to we're we have a bit. Um, if you want to skip through me talking trash to Evan for 30 seconds, then feel free to, but here we go. I'm going to play you. Uh, Chris can't hurt me with win. his words. So I, I try your best. Is, we're recording with video again now, and I do have my Ohio university pullover on. And I'm wearing green to acknowledge that. We're going to get DMCA'd by your university, and I hope you know that. This was an 11-year-old YouTube video. Um, I'll cite it in the, in the notes. But, Evan, Ohio University won. The Cavs won. Uh, fun I need Tuesday to, I need to me, go. I need wise. to go away from the show for a few days more often and let you scramble <laughs> on your own because the Cavs, Look, this was a fun game. Yes. Well, and, and I think also this week we got to see Kate Cunningham in a close game, and that was fun. This has been a fun Dude. basketball week. Didn't watch a lick of it. Didn't watch a lick of OU Akron. I saw the game was on like the calendar today because I have like reminders set for teams I follow, and I'm like, I hope Akron doesn't blow this. But they OU did. won without Jason, cool. Jason Preston, who's like an incredible. Pro- All right, Cavs game though. Uh, we're done here trolling Evan. Cavs win. They win. Snap again. Snap the 10 game losing streak. Win 112 to 111 with a, on a Lamar Stevens. Less than a few, just a few seconds left on the clock. Lamar Stevens dunks to win the game. Colin Sexton on the assist. Puts the Cavs up. Hawks are not able to score uh, with no timeouts coming down the other way. We're going to do our normal awards. Uh, we'll pick other plays and stuff like that. But, Evan, I just want to start with this play because I think there's actually a lot we can unpack with this and just in terms of how it played itself out. Because I think, number one, um, I don't know based on my notes if the Cavs had any timeouts left, but I think it was if even if they whether they did or didn't, I think it's a good situation for them to not call a timeout here because the Hawks didn't have a chance to settle. And as much as the the Cavs made the right play there, the Hawks also defended that last possession absolutely horribly. Um, they threw two bodies at Sexton for no reason. You know, no one came over to help on Lamar, and then Lamar Stevens dunks. It's like the and, Hawks are a little overrated, and I drank the Kool Aid of it too much. 
Yeah, uh, but like they handled this perfectly. Colin, you know, made a really nice pass. I, I think a play he might not have made a year ago or two years ago, and it's just like everything kind of clicked into place right at that last moment. But that that's clearly the play of the game, and Lamar Stevens and the Cavs just uh, taking that opportunity at the end of the game to steal this win, come back when that when I thought they were kind of getting punched in the mouth a little bit, and I think trailed by as many as seven or eight in the in the fourth and. Ultimately, come up with the win again, snapping that losing streak. Do you, do you have any? Before we get into our other awards, any final thoughts on on the last play of the game, the last little sequence of the game? There. Oh, it is the best play of the game, without a doubt, in my mind. Um, before that, you and I are kind of going back and forth on some good play. Shouts to Dean Wade for locking up Trey Young on a possession and then blocking his layup attempt. I thought that was impressive. But no, this dunk for this dunk by Lamar Stevens was the play of the night. Um, about to post the drop the pole right after wrapping up this conversation but bill diff bit front of the pod bill d filippo was right lamar stevens is the truth folks he's really good but chris without a doubt it's lamar stevens dunk like you and i both agree that it was the best play of the night and just a good play overall for a guy who wouldn't be playing in cleveland if it wasn't for the given circumstances for the Cavs. Yeah, you know, and I think he's clear i think also he's come in and he's he's earned his his minutes he's earned his um, he's earned his spot. I mean, I think JB Bickerstaff clearly trusts him enough to play him and have him on the floor late in a game like this, you know, over a Jetty Osmond, over a Damian Dotson, two more veteran uh, proven yeah. NBA guys, kind of more known commodities. They're still younger guys, but Lamar's a rookie, um, four year player at Penn State, and came in. I'm watching the, I've been watching the sequence again, and it's like, you know, Trey uh, doesn't get a shot off at the end. He makes that extra pass to the corner. The Hawks don't get a shot off at the end of the game. You saw, you know, Trey takes like a one-legged like floater where he split through the the coverage the Cavs threw at him and and had to fling it over Jared Allen and maybe thought he was going to get fouled or something like that. Colin brings the ball down the other way and Colin didn't force up a shot or run ram his way to the rim with no avail. He was very patient. Everything about this was just well executed. And I don't again, I don't like the Cavs had taken some serious lumps. This still isn't a good basketball team, but. Like this looked like a team that that had some pride, had kind of wanted to earn a little bit of a win, and I think the end of this game is just kind of proof of that. Um, Evan, let's do let's do play the game aside from the game winner. Now we'll go into MVP and stat after that, but let's just do play because it's just kind of tied in with this. Your non Lamar Stevens game winning dunk play of the night is what? Uh, like I said, the Dylan or sorry, not Dylan Miller, Dean Wade defensive sequence on Trey Young, and it was about midway to later in the third quarter, and just like a he was on an island against Trey. Trey was dribbling, dribbling, dribbling. I'm like, okay, Dean Wade's probably about to get cooked here, but no, Dean Wade held his own and forced Trey to drive to the basket instead of letting him pull up in three. Didn't foul him at all, which is everyone's problem. My problem too is Trey Young becoming a foul hunter. Um, but also the fact that he blocked Trey's attempt is my other pick, or my the reason why I picked this play. It's just an impressive defensive sequence from Wade that deserves a shout-out. Yeah, I, I think mine is another Lamar Stevens dunk just because um, he plays very energetic basketball. In, the, in this second quarter, 11 to go, he's kick-starting a fast break, feeds it ahead of Jetty Osmond, keeps running the floor, and Jetty flips it back to him, and Lamar Stevens just dunks. Um, I think just Lamar being ahead of the pack, Stay filling, continuing to fill the lane properly there, and and just being like using kind of what he's good at, and just kind of playing into his strength. I think that was just really, really good. He had a very good game. Yeah, um, no, he had a phenomenal I, game, and he's more and more showing that why JB's leaning on him at times too. I I I kind of want to see if you can give him extended look, and again, I think it's very telling that um, he's playing over certain guys. And for a long, I know Dean Wade started tonight, and I think kudos to Dean Wade for getting his first NBA start in this game, but. 
uh, it's it's very telling again that Lamar is playing over him. Okay, Evan, your MVP of the night is is whom? Well, it, it obviously the logical answer is Lamar Stevens here, just because he was the game-winning player. But I think I'm gonna go with Jared Allen in this one. Um, we're gonna talk about this a little bit more in the first ad read, but he's had some historic numbers so far. But he was solid for the Cavs overall with 13 points, 14 boards, four block shots. He did shoot five eleven from the floor, which is a little frustrating. He hit a three, um, two a two, so he's using some of that contact to get to the line. So he's not like a terrible shooter, but like always, but. J.A. was a difference maker in this game, and he really was giving Clint Capella problems throughout the night. He made Onyeko and Kongwu look foolish whenever he was going up against him. Um, was a key factor in the Cavs' win over Atlanta, and is it going to be a key factor going forward? How about you? Mine, uh, you, I think there's actually a lot of compelling cases you can make. In this oh, yeah, there's line. a lot of cl- Cavs players had a lot of good games individually tonight, so this is a tough one to pick. Yeah, like I think Okoro for his defense on Young and making Young's life tough. I think you can make a case there. Also, was three six from the field again, only two one or two from three. But uh, you know, I I think we'll go a different direction here. I think you can make a case. I think Allen's a good pick. I think you can make a case for Garland, although his scoring and then the the late turnover with Herder kind of takes him out of the running for me a little bit. Sexton, I think, obviously had a great game, had a really good start to the game. Um, but mine's going to be Dylan Winler, and here's why: Dylan Winler, fifteen. On five, all on three pointers, five of five from three point range, had five boards as well. The two things he kind of does well was shooting being the most prevalent thing. I think he just needed a game like this, and he was very poised shooting. He was very comfortable shooting. He was willing to shoot the basketball. And this is the kind of the Dylan Windler you need. It's why he was in the game for our big chunks of the fourth quarter. It's it's where his utility on this team is really going to come. I, I think this maybe is. I think without question, probably the best game he's played in his NBA career. This is the Dylan Winner I think the Cavs had been hoping to see in a game for a long time. And I, and for me, I just kind of, uh, I, I, I think for him, this has to just feel right. Mm-hmm. Like for him no, to play, it, for him to game. shoot like that, just has to, has to feel like it's, it's the correct thing for him. Because I, I can't imagine that he's feeling like he's playing like the best version of himself. And he's obviously had a very weird start to his NBA career. Not only did he miss like his whole rookie season, but he also uh, had it and his delayed rookie year delayed because of the pandemic. So. Yeah, it, Dylan has had an interesting start to his career for sure. John Bayland broke him. The Cavs tried to rebuild him. He step, dealt with setbacks, like you said. A pandemic shortened years just definitely made it frustrating as well. Uh, but no, Dylan looks sharp tonight, and especially from the perimeter. Like that's something the Cavs fans have been complaining about for a while. Is not is JB not getting Dylan looks on the perimeter? And he was five of five from three. 15 points, five boards, one assist, uh, one steal. He was kind of, you know, just showing two-way potential once again. Like, he looks solid on both ends of the floor, and I think this is a great pick. And a player that deserves some shine, especially when he has a big night. And it's also huge that he played down the stretch for the Cavs, too. Something you don't really see that often, and that was just kind of cool to see as well. Yeah, all right. Stat of the night, Evan, for me, um, we'll do this quickly, is the Atlanta Hawks shot 47.1% at the rim. That is in the bottom 5% of their performance for the according to clean the glass and coming into this game at the rim this year they were at 62.6% Jared Allen another case for him is just like an incredible player in this game but overall good defensive performance from the Cavs for the most part not only did they win but they held the team under 117 points for the first time in a long time uh, with Atlanta only getting to 111 and Atlanta just again like not quite at their best overall in this game but shooting under 50% at the rim is is a pretty darn good testament how how well Jared Allen played in this game. No, no. Shouts to J.A. Glad the Cavs have him. I think they're trying to figure out the Drummond situation. 
more on that to come in later episodes down the line, but um, my stat of the night pick is it involves J.A. and a little bit, it kind of apes off yours a little bit, but the fact that the Cavs had 10 blocks tonight, like, and the fact that is Isaac Okoro was the Cavs' second-best rim protector tonight with three blocks. Like, I thought that was just pretty impressive. Dean Wade having two swats is pretty cool. Jared Allen having four is awesome. I think I expect him to have one or two a night for the Cleveland. And then Jetty Osmond, you know, uh, not really a defensive stalwart, but he was once considered one while LeBron was still here, had two blocks as well. So the Cavs had a block party, and Atlanta was invited, and it kind of played a part in them. Holding on for the win. Uh, if they didn't, we'd be talking about free throws, but this is a good vibes episode of Locked on Cavs because I bring nothing but good vibes after I've been away for so long. Yeah, uh, and I'm extremely hydrated, so we're doing well here. All right, Evan, we're going to now get into our uh, player of the week here brought to you by Michael Bojar, ultra player of the week. And Evan, I think there's no other choice here but to give it to Jared Allen. Jared Allen is not only maybe playing as the best young player on the Cleveland Cavaliers right now, but in, in something I, I told you about before we started recording, he did something that uh, a player, only two other players in the last 30 years had done. I mentioned this on the show after he did it, and they did lose in this game, but one of three players in the last 30 seasons with 25 points, 15 rebounds, on a 100% field goal shooting in a game, joining Dwight Howard and Dikembe Mutombo. That's just a downright impressive performance from Jared Allen. Uh, this is him being bringing joy, bringing happiness, being absolute enjoyment, bringing enjoyment to the Cleveland Cavaliers as they watch him. Just they have Kobe Allman has to be all of these things as he thinks about getting getting Jared Allen and how good he's been for the Cavs for just a, a bad first round pick. He's he's been incredible. No, Kobe Altman should be more than pleased with what they got from Jared Allen, considering how little they gave up to begin with. And you know what Kobe Altman can do to celebrate his major victory in training for Jared Allen for essentially peanuts? Cracking open ice-cold Michelob Ultra. Check out Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. Joy creates success. Enjoyment is in the end game. It's the whole game. Jared Allen is our Ultra Player of the Week. Today on Locked on NBA Today, Tiger Woods is hospitalized after a car crash early Tuesday morning. Host Pete Bukowski gives you the latest details. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with Locked on Today podcast. Subscribe to Locked on Today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Evan, we're uh, we're going to dive into Colin Sexton not making the All-Star team now. He kind of... he I, good vibes I think, are over, folks. Well, no, I think, the, I think the vibes are still good. Making yeah. the All-Star team is really, really hard. I, I've come to, like, the, the basically I think this year, as I've thought about this and sort of, like, tried to, like, not do my full-on ballot because I don't have enough time to watch enough games, I think, to properly to do that. But I was thinking about it, looking yeah. at numbers, looking at all of this, and, like, I do think it is just, like, very hard to actually just make All-Star teams, especially a guard. It's just, like, I Mike Conley is an example to me, but it's, like, Mike Conley was one of the very best point guards in the NBA for a long time. He just happened to play in the Western Conference at a stack position and just not be as popular as guys that he arguably might have been better than. That's yeah. just really tricky. And Sexton's very young in his career. I think it's a win in its own way that he was mentioned. Um, and, again, I, I think guys like Zach Levine, guys uh, like Julius Randle, I think those guys, frankly, just deserve it a little bit more. Their teams are a little bit better, have played better of late. But I, I think if I think it is again a win, and I talked about this in the lockdown now, that I think Colin Sexton it's a win that he was getting he was in the consideration and that he got as far as he did on a on a not very good team. 
And I think, you know, if, if you're looking at placing odds on who is most likely to be a Cleveland Cavalier playing for the team next year in Cleveland, like, I, I think he would have to be the kind of the favorite to do so right now based on how the voting sort of works, well, how, what kind of guys make all streams. Maybe Jared Allen could play himself into that. Maybe Kevin Love has a monster year next year if he's still around and he gets thrown into there. But I, I think Colin would have to be the odds-on favorite to be an all-star. And this is, he's still having a very impressive step-forward season in my mind. No, he really has had an impressive step forward. And I think, like you said, this is going to put Colin in the national spotlight a lot more too. And in turn, the Cavs in the national spotlight, like it feels so long ago when the cat or Colin and the Cavs as well spoiled Brooklyn's big three debut and the Nets, um, maybe losing to Cleveland and Detroit really woke them up because the Nets look really freaking scary, but shouts to Colin Sexton for getting a dub bigger than anything imaginable at this point. But this is a good step in the right direction. Like you said, unless Kevin Love has like a monsters here and, um, Jared Allen could have some flirtatious all-star potential, maybe not like a, like a diet Rudy Gobert flirtatious, where like Gobert maybe gets considered every now and then, but like more so he's consistent now. But you know what I'm saying. But um, Jared Allen may cry if his mom calls him about not making the all-star team. That's what I was trying to get out there. And um, no, this is a huge step forward for Colin. This is a huge step forward for the Cavaliers, and this is another win for Kobe Altman as well because this is the guy that Kobe and the organization drafted and with the pick that Kobe traded Kyrie Irving for. And a lot of people were skeptic of Colin at the time, myself included, but he's had a monstrous start to his campaign and his career as a whole. And just this year alone has just really been step after step of him just getting better and better. And this dub over Atlanta was another big one tonight where it just showed like I did my locked on now takeaway. I said, Colin's a better player than Trey. And I started laying out some of the stats and like just, the, their style of play and overall efficiency like that's the craziest thing for me is Colin is such an efficient scorer as well like he doesn't try to take many bad shots or he doesn't try to be a volume scorer which is something he was touted as coming out of Alabama and he's just kind of flipped the narrative on himself entirely and maybe he'll be more of like a flirt player who flirts with all-star consideration like a Lou Williams or Mike Conley which it's still wild Mike Conley still won't get an all-star game and he won't even with Anthony Davis being hurt it would not shock me if Devin Booker gets the nod if Anthony Davis cannot play. But, um, no, this is a step in the right direction for Colin, and maybe in a few years' time he starts to really have these conversations that he was truly, quote-unquote, snubbed. But until the Cavs consistently start winning more, that's not going to happen. And I think the Cavs spiraling on that massive losing streak just kind of cratered Colin's chances overall. Like, he was doing good in fan votes, but, like, player votes – and I think media votes, he wasn't doing too great. And I think the Cavs' record was kind of hand in hand with that as well. Yeah, and I think coaching use. I think coaching votes kind of reflected teams that have taken a step forward. Guys who've paid their dues. I mean, Randall and Levine have been in the league for like a pretty long time, you know. And, yeah. and they've Zach Levine especially deserves it. Yeah, he's been phenomenal this year. Um, even if he's not exactly your thing, I think he's just been like incredible in, in a lot of ways. And, and the Bulls are, he's kind of the main reason, I think, why the Bulls kind of remain, you know, frisky and, and very good. He's very, 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 very deserving in my mind. Um, you know, and also just very on brand. And like, I, and it's just funny. I don't like put a ton of merit in this because I think he does this a lot. And a lot of players will go lift after games and stuff for, for reasons and things. But Colin is on the court shooting after this game. Um, yeah. Uh, taking some free throws. Looks like one of the assistants is, is shagging balls for him and stuff. Dan Garrett, or maybe not Dan Garrett, one of the player development coaches based on the videos we've seen. It looks like he's mm-hmm. shagging balls for Colin. But that's just who Colin kind of is, too. You know, that yeah. is 
like I, you, you tweeted this. Like Colin's gonna be upset that he not upset. Yeah, I think you're about to say this, but he was probably gonna be bummed he wasn't considered for All Star, but appreciates that he was considered to begin with. But he's much more focused on making the Cavs a winning team because he's just sick and tired of losing. And I'm sure this losing streak's really been getting to him. So to have a big game against his hometown team, the Atlanta Hawks, against a guy that was drafted before him in the same draft as him and Trey Young, like. I think he'd rather have nights like this where the whole team can celebrate than just his individual accomplishments being celebrated. So when I look at this too, I, I just think, I, th- I think you, I think you just saw this game and he kind of leads this because of how well he played at the start. And I think Okora resembles this. And I think Garland kind of does too. I think and Lamar, I think kind of stands on this way too. I do think the Cavs seemingly are trying to add guys who like seemingly like do have a care. And I know they just got their teeth kicked in for 10 games and like they just kind of rolled over a little bit. But I, I this was this was at least like an impressive bounce back game in some ways. I don't think that we should like wipe away the 10 game losing streak and like forget no. it ever happened. Yeah. Like I still think there's like reasons to quibble with what the Cavs are doing and and whatnot. Like I'm not going to like turn up my optimism to 10 here, but I think in past years under different coaches with different players I don't know if they would have had a performance like this. And especially when they, again, like it, it felt to me like in the fourth quarter, the game was slipping away. And I think Colin and I think Darius in particular kind of deserves some credit for not, um, you know, letting it kind of unravel. And I think JB at the end of this game, again, deserves credit because I think I'm pretty sure he could have called the timeout. And he's like, no, Colin pushing the ball here and catching them off guard is going to be better than anything we're going to draw up and scheme for. It's going to give them a chance to reset. I, I think all of that stuff just kind of coalesced in a really good way. But Colin, Colin again, remains the engine of a lot of what's going on in Cleveland right now yeah. in, in, in good ways and bad. Do you think he's more of a Maserati or think he's built for tough? I think he's kind of a Maserati. I don't really think of Colin as, like, uh, carrying a heavy, like, like putting, like, a ton of, like, yard work supplies in his truck. You can tell that I'm extremely handy the way I'm describing this. Like, I don't think Colin is, like... Chris is really searching deep based on the video feed. <laughs> My brain is shattered. Um, yeah, I think he's more of like a like a sports car than he is like a like a like a pickup truck. Okay, I think that's a fair comparison. I just think he's also got a little bit of grit to him, so maybe he's like a sport yeah. truck coupe or he's, something. Maybe he's like a like a Mustang or like a Dodge Charger, like a '70s Dodge Charger. Have you ever seen those Hennessy Venom Ford trucks, like the Velociraptors? No, I'm like, I have pickup truck thoughts that I will not share on this show. Well, okay, they're like sport car super trucks, and they're based on like a base model Ford truck, but like it's tuned up by Hennessy, and it's super fast and stupid expensive. That's what Colin is. Like, he's got the glamour, but he's got a little bit of that heart because, you know, he plays in Cleveland. He's a real blue-collar player, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Okay, Evan, we're gonna take another. You just shut that down so fast. No, no, no. Look, man, we're we're at the we're at the twenty two fifty mark. We have a mandate to have crisper, tighter shows. We that's just gotta, true. We do, and we have another segment to talk about because we have the Cavs are playing again tomorrow after the break. We're gonna talk about Cavs Rockets. But Evan, you we have another sponsor to tell the listeners about. Why don't you tell them about it? We sure do, and it's our friends at Built Bar who have a more even more deliciouser 
built bar than before. They have 18 amazing flavors, including six new flavors such as cookies and cream, cherry barcia, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, and they keep dropping new flavors all the time. Chris, I keep getting built bars in the mail, and I'm like, I do too. what? What do they? What do they came up with? The, what do they come up with this time? And it's always delicious. But built bars are healthy, and they're great for the health conscious guy. They help you lose or maintain weight while in indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for those on a keto diet. One of my favorite flavors is cookies and cream, and Chris can attest to this flavor. Bomb. It's got absolutely bomb. It's so it's the bomb.com. It's got 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and four grams of net carbs. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on. You get 20% off your next order if you're interested. And if you do, you can get a free cool with the purchase. And like I said, you can keep your built bar snug as a bug in a rug, giving a Christian side hug to another bug that's in another rug that is snug. And again, in order to do that, go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on to get 20% off your next order. Check them out today at builtbar.com. And seriously, Bill Bar keeps sending us bars because the crisp ones I just got are They're phenomenal. Phenomenal. Also want to tell you all about Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. March Madness is a few months away. Pretty soon, actually. But the future of the NBA is on display right now. Get a head start on next year's draft analysis by subscribing to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast. Draft guru Chad Ford has his first Big Board of the Year out with profiles of Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, and more. Subscribe to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast wherever you get your podcast. Probably where you're listening to Lockdown Cavs right now. You can literally go subscribe and still be listening to the podcast. The modern technology, absolutely incredible. All right, Evan. Last segment: Cavs Rockets tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I the Rockets are you know I if Christian Wood was I, th- I don't think he's back yet. I think that would have made things a little more interesting. Obviously, no Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, with Houston just yet, although he's playing very well in the bubble, and I'm very happy for him that he's the, doing he that. He plays the charge on Friday, doesn't he? Uh, he does. The charge play, I believe, Rio Grande, Rio Grande, the Rio Grande Vipers, and the G League Ignite squad, I think, like in two days or span of two or three days. So big big week. Maybe we'll, we'll talk about that on Monday. How about that? We'll talk about yeah. those two games on Monday, what we're seeing there. I will uh, be just, watching both of them. I will be as well. Uh, just as a quick note about Houston, um, according to our f- friends at Cleaning the Glass, they are 25th in offense. Or excuse me, sorry, excuse me, 26th in offense. They have the f- NBA's fifth best defense, um, so they're doing all right there. And over the last couple weeks, oh, in terms of point differential overall, excuse me, Houston is da 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 pulling this up 23rd. So very good defensive team. Um, yeah. Obviously, they have PJ Tucker. They have, you know, they have guys. That are, I mean, I will pull up the injury report and see kind of what we're looking at here for tomorrow as we're talking. Oh, I have what it do you? In front of me. All right. So, <laughs> so, are there is are there is Depot and Wood and those guys still going to be out for this game? Uh, Gordon and Oladipo are questionable. TJ P, PJ Tucker, excuse me, is probable. KPJ is out. Christian Wood is out. Uh, Dante Exum, former Cavs great, is out. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins was just released today, and for some reason Cavs fans wanted to sign him, but he's going to sign with the contender, and he'd be fun in Brooklyn. It'd be kind of interesting in Brooklyn, TBH. I checked that out. Oh, and Kenny Martin Jr. is out, but he's on G League assignment along with KPJ. So um, I don't. Houston played today, from what I remember, and, um, and we're recording this on a Tuesday, so I think they also are coming off a of back-to-back. And if Oladipo and Gordon were questionable, and I could be wrong here. They did Chris. not. They did not play on the twenty-third. They played on the twenty-second. Lost one twenty to one hundred against Chicago on the twenty-second. On the twenty-third, they were off. So let's rewind all of that. 
Um, they did not play on the 23rd, like Chris said. They play tomorrow on the 24th against Cleveland. And then, I don't know, if Oladipo and Gordon are questionable, that could be huge boosts for the Cavs because this Houston team is kind of funky constructed, but I like some of their pieces they have. Like, I like John Wall. I like Victor Oladipo. I like Eric Gordon. It's just like a lot of the pieces and cast-offs from that James Harden team that are still here. I think P.J. Tucker is trying to play to get traded at this point and trying to boost his value with Houston and get out of there and go to a contender. Um, ditto for Eric Gordon if a team's willing to kind of take on that contract. But um, it's an interestingly constructed squad, but Steven Zylus is doing a good job coaching this team, and um, I think he deserves way more credit for what he's been kind of handed so far. Yeah, it's fun to see John Wall looking more like old John Wall. Um, yeah. He's obviously had a, a awful run of injuries, and he's looking a little healthier, and that's fun. Um, it should be an interesting game. I don't think either of these teams are particularly great. Houston is going to play a little smaller. How the Cavs you know, handle that will be interesting. You know, Will they? Will they? Will Jetty be back in the starting lineup is probably one of the things we're looking at here. Um, doesn't seem like Kevin's going to be back either, so that's yeah. a little bit of a bummer. Uh, well, maybe Torian Prince is closer to being back, but no kevin love still which maybe you'll see him before the break of the season maybe they're just gonna let it ride out and bring him back after who knows at this point maybe it's like a self i don't i don't know there there's that's all a little bit odd um evan i let's just hit on that boogie thing really quick because i i find this i i find odd i find the interest in him if you're cleveland there's no reason for it um boogie is like three like I, I hope he can find like a place to thrive and get his money and everything. Like I, I hope all guys who he had injuries at very unfortunate times in his career, um, particularly you know the the Achilles injury. But if if I'm Cleveland, I look at him. He's kind of a, a blow to the ground center, three years removed from his apex. I don't. I think the odds of him becoming all star, all NBA caliber boogie are like that's just not what Super he is star. anymore. Yeah. There's no real upside to bringing him in. I think he should try to go to a contender. I don't know if that's LA or if that's somewhere else, but I, I do not think that he makes sense for Cleveland. I, th- I think if you're looking at people that were released recently, I think the guy that I would probably sign is Quinn Cook because uh, organization familiar with him. I believe he was on the Canton charge when Mike Gansey was the GM. He was very good in Canton, beloved locker room guy around the league. He's not like a starting caliber player on a good team, but I think for a team like Cleveland that is in need of a backup point guard, it doesn't seem like Delhi is going to be back in the immediate future. Quinn Cook would would fill a need on this roster, so Darius Garland isn't playing 43 minutes a night um, and then running out the next thing. Quinn Cook would make a lot of sense to me if you wanted, wanted to pick him up off the, off the street. Or just bring back Yogi Ferrell. I just think like, this team probably needs an actual third guard right now. Yeah, no, they really do need a third guard. The center's not really a position in need, especially with Larry Dan's inevitably coming back after the All-Star break. Kevin Love hopefully coming back soon. Um, and just some other players stepping up big as well. But, yeah, no, backup guard is still a glaring need for the Cavs. I know Delhi is back in the building. Um, he was on the bench tonight for a little bit. And he's Delhi has had such a rough break lately, man. Like the appendicitis, the concussions, which might have been a neck injury. Who knows at this point. But I'm um, glad he's doing better and it's good to see him back. But... I still think the Cavs should go out and try and get a backup guard. It maybe something materializes in a Andre Drummond trade. Almost said DeMarcus Cousins, so excuse my slip there. But um, Andre Drummond's just not really in my mind anymore until he gets traded. But um, you know, Quinn Cook wouldn't be a bad pickup for the Cavs. But I think Quinn Cook also could be a player that could end up signing the contender that's a, kind of in a more pressing need for a backup guard because he's a not a bad player and. 
he played well for the Lakers at times too, so I could understand the appeal of him wanting to go elsewhere. But yeah, there is that familiarity in Cleveland as well that kind of gives him a leg up in that situation. Yeah, uh, I don't get again the boogie thing. Just makes no sense to me. I'm very on no. and that is a thing. Like unless Same. you just want like a jersey to wear in Coachella when like you get vaccinated and can go to Coachella. Like if, if that's your choice, then like I guess you know. But I would just buy a Javale jersey for that. Yeah, no, I'd wear a JaVale jersey or, like, in a weird chance, like, LaMarcus Aldridge is traded here in the Andre Drummond trade, and the Cavs just agree to a buyout and just kind of eat the cost of his contract for the last year and have a little bit of extra cap space to play around with and maybe make a tertiary move, like maybe signing Lamar Stevens to a more permanent contract or something like that. I don't know, but, um, no, LMA might be mine if that was the case, but other than that, JaVale McGee is just, like, a good dude, and he's a vibe master overall. Um trying to think of any other obscure players like even in the past like a Shaquille O'Neal jersey is always just fun Der- Derek Williams show. yeah Derek Williams was like beloved I got people so mad at me on Twitter when I was like like he's fine people were like no and now he's like playing in Europe which is like good for him but yeah uh Cavs fans are fickle creatures I'll tell you what Cleveland <laughs> fans in general I'll say that that's yeah. just a blanket statement let's just give it to everybody but I think that's gonna do it for us today Chris how about you yeah any final thoughts Where's uh, the Spider-Man title going to be? Like, what, what are, where are we at here, Evan? I don't really know what it's going to be. I just hope it doesn't stink. My fear is with the direction WandaVision's going, and I saw the trailer for Episode 8, and that's clearly Stephen Strange floating up a flight of stairs. Um, I have a fear that Marvel's going to lean too hard into this multiverse stuff, and it's just going to kind of get sloppy after that. But, um... You want, you want my the- you want my Doctor Strange theories? We get out of here. I'll give it, to, and then, then I will literally end the show on this because we're just this is what we're gonna do. Okay. Can canonically in canon whatever it is, Doctor Strange is very good friends with Charles Xavier. Yeah. Charles Xavier leads the X Men at least in certain iterations. Do you believe the theory that Wanda is going to expand the barrier so far that covers the entire globe, and it in fact it, it in turn creates the mutant gene, and he's gonna she's gonna refer to her children in the show as her mutants because that's the big thing is no that would that mutants. that would be that would be incredibly stupid. What I I think that Doctor Strange is aware of what the shenanigans are going on, and I think uh, you're probably gonna have uh, him having being hide, hiding the mutants. Um, with your children timelines no well just protect like they've they've been there the whole time he just hid them for their own protection that's my theory i I didn't come up with that uh but that that's my theory i think it's a good one i think it's a good place for us to stop as always check us out wherever you find your podcast leave a five-star review on itunes when i'm a little less not foggy brain and scatterbrained i'll be giving you shout outs on the show Yes, uh, check us out. Check out uh, Chad Ford's NBA Big Board as well. If you want the Hawks side of this game, Brad Rowland is, uh, does a great job over on Lockdown Hawks, so please go check that out. Check out all the work Evan and I are doing in Fear the Sword. And check us out on WKYC. We'll be back uh, recapping the game tomorrow, and we have a special guest from WKYC coming up on our Friday show, so stay tuned for that. It's going to be a good time, and we'll talk to you all tomorrow.